and welcome to Subject ACT with me, Hedda Murray. Subject ACT brings you stories from your local Canberra community and beyond, affairs with a global dimension. Later in the show, I'm talking with Joan Anderson, winner of the 2019 Lifeline Canberra Woman of Spirit Award and founder of Women Get It Done. But first, many would agree that Canberra's a progressive and inclusive city. Despite this, lots of women here face adversity and barriers, sometimes hitting brick walls. So I spoke with Frances Crimmins, CEO of YWCA Canberra, about a recent research report from the YWCA and the fresh angles it offers to those who make the policies that affect women's lives. Welcome, Frances. Thanks for having me on, Heather, to talk about this survey. Now, late last year, the YWCA released this survey called Our Lives, Women in the ACT, and that saw the participation of over 1,000 women in Canberra letting you know their thoughts and feelings on a whole gamut of issues. How was this survey different from other surveys and what exactly did you find? So we really wanted to highlight what it is like for ACT women from 18, ages 18 and up to live in Canberra today. It was actually part of the YWCA's 90th year of service in Canberra to women and girls. So we wanted to capture what it's like living in Canberra today and the difference is, is we looked at what the data says, for example, the Bureau of Statistics tells us that Canberra women's are the most highly educated, we earn the most money, we have, um, you know, if you just looked at the Bureau of Statistics data and other data like that, um, it does show that Canberra women lead fulfilling and dynamic lives. We wanted to drill down and actually see and hear from the voices of women in Canberra if that is their day-to-day experience. Mm -hmm. And so what the survey did tell us is that, yes, some women are definitely leading fulfilling and dynamic lives. But for others, um, things that came out, for example, the demands of unpaid work are completely overwhelming. Um, And these type of obligations are leaving them stressed and burnt out. So Mm. it really highlighted that for some people in our community and at times across women's lives, the questions we asked, um, that they don't feel like they're um, getting ahead or enjoying life as they had hoped. Yeah. And the demands of unpaid work is unfortunately not new to the conversation, is it? I I seem to remember these things being spoken of quite loudly back in the 70s and 80s. Absolutely. And so what we found through the report is the same issues that women's advocates have been talking about for a long time uh, around the issues of not reaching gender equality yet. And, you know, one of the other um astounding things that came out for us that discrimination against women was really common and what's really unacceptable was the amount of women in we had over um, about 1100 women report that domestic and interpersonal violence came through an unacceptable uh, number of women Mm. and really concerning that 77 percent of young women don't feel safe in public after dark in Canberra. No and I guess feeling unsafe in public spaces after dark seems to be a perennial for many women. I, I know it's something that personally concerns me when I'm out after dark. Yes, yes. So, so really, as I said, the survey was um, we, we had every uh, suburb covered in the ACT. In every age demographic, we reached 150 or more respondents. So statistically, it really does give us a really great... Um, depth. We covered every demographic um, 
you know, we, we, we really made sure that we reached those people, um, you know, who access our emergency food hub, um, people participating in universities of third age. So we made sure we got, a, you know, a really good spread of women's views and what it's like for them to live in Canberra. Mm. And the Canberra of today seems to be quite a lot different to that of just 10 years ago. I could be dreaming of halcyon days, but I seem to remember that we had a lot more public and accessible housing with a lower cost of living and more secure workforce, for example. Absolutely. We asked women in the survey, if you had lived in ACT for 10 years or more, did you feel that it was um, easier or harder to get by in Canberra? The overwhelming majority said they felt that Canberra had become um, less affordable and in particular housing tenure and feeling that your housing, whether you were in mortgage, renting, was insecure. Mm. Um, that was, that was, I guess, one of the key findings is that most people were significantly concerned, even those in the 18 to 24-year-old bracket, about their financial security and about maintaining their housing. Mm. Do you think the community and private sectors are having to change and adapt to present more creative solutions for women where once the government played a greater role? Yes, and this is why we really keep advocating why we really need to have a gender lens across all policy. And when you look at the issue of housing, for example, and I know you and I have spoken about this um, before, because of um, gender inequality, for many older women now, so you know, possibly a lifetime of being a caregiver, in and out of low-paid work, um, no superannuation when they are in the work, when they were working, um, we are seeing more and more older women basically retire into poverty, which of course then impacts their ability to maintain a home as they as they enter retirement age. Now, I can remember as a young person living in Canberra when I was um, 19, many years ago, I actually had a choice of affordable rentals. I don't believe that's true today. And I think not just a young person trying to start their, start a life of their own, Sadly, we're seeing increasing numbers of people retiring, unable to maintain a home in Canberra. Mm. And I guess that that would uh, affect women who perhaps get divorced or widowed later on in life. Yes, absolutely. And and that's what is compounding the issue. Um, And also family and domestic violence. A lot of the older women we are seeing have experienced Um, interpersonal violence as well and the other issue we really need to address as a community is elder abuse Um, that has also come through in the survey that um, we think of um, domestic violence being about your partner but actually um, children also um, perpetrating violence and um, elder abuse is a real issue for for women who've um, who we we serve but also came through in the survey Mm. Francis, do you know if our policymakers are paying close attention to these findings? What sort of feedback have you had and what are you hoping for? So we, um, we have released this survey and all the data. Um, we really want anybody who is designing um, policy and services in Canberra and the region to look at this data, particularly because of the diversity and the demographics of people who filled it in to help inform, well, to be used in informing um, policy, whether it's around, um, you know, 
designing spaces, how we use transport, um, some of the issues, particularly for younger women, like everyday street harassment. Workplace sexual harassment came up as, again, an an issue for nearly all of the um, age brackets. Mm-hmm. where you see people like over 50% of women who have experienced in the last 12 months who responded said that they have been sexually harassed. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, Gosh. So, so <laughs> you kind of go, how, how much has changed? So we would really, um, uh, you know, we've shared this. This is now publicly available for anybody who's doing policy, anybody, even community services who are designing services. Um to use this information to inform how that they will take a gendered response to services and policy design. Mm. Francis, if you had to boil down all the hopes and fears and other findings in this report into one key message for policymakers, what would that message be? That while many women are leading fulfilling and dynamic lives, because of that it is overshadowing um, that many are not. And it's those people who are not that we need to make sure we hear their voice when we're thinking about, um, you know, making Canberra, if we truly want to make Canberra, um, you know, a livable city, and we've got social inclusion as one of our key values here in Canberra, that we have to make sure that we are reaching these people who otherwise don't have a voice. Mm. We did spend, we did put a whole section in our survey around leadership, and we actually did ask, do you feel you have a say in your community, in how your community, and and do you feel you participate, you're welcome to participate? Um, And for many people, they do not feel like they have a voice. Mm. And um, so so this is what the message we would like to say is, don't just look at the raw data from the Bureau of Statistics. We've presented what Canberra women say it is um, like to live here and look at them together. And we're going to repeat this survey every two years. Okay. It's our commitment um, as, you know, as we come into our you know, next 10 years up to our 100-year celebration um, so that we can really start then hopefully seeing if we're um, getting any tangible changes. Um, and for us, we'll pull out the, uh, the, the, the key findings and continue to do advocacy on those. Mm-hmm. And I guess... Uh the uh, role of data in advocacy is is really critically demonstrated by this survey. Absolutely. And, you know, we always ask, we've got to show the evidence. Sometimes when you do, you still don't get yeah. results. Um, but, yes, that, that we do need the data to inform um, advocacy and policy. Um, and, you know, for example, one of the key things, as I said, that came out was about young women um, experiencing you know, what some people would um, probably not think is a serious issue, like street harassment, um, workplace harassment. But what we saw in this survey is for 77% to say that they experience it um, within the last 12 months and it impacts on their well-being. Um, so, you know, we're going to be highlighting this as our International Women's Day event. We're going to be uh, recording young women's voices. Um, and showing a, a grassroots documentary um, because for us that was one of the, the the standout findings of this. Yeah, oh, that's great. And if people would like to get a copy of the report, Our Lives, Women in the ACT, how can they find it? It's just go to our website. It's um, YW, uh, YWCA Canberra. It's really easy to find under advocacy um, and you can you can download it. It's um, all there, including all the data points. And if anybody would like to... Um, 
talk to us about specific demographics, they're welcome to contact us and our email address is on the um, website. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks, Francis, for making time to talk with us today. It's a fantastic survey report. And I hope that not only the government, but lots of folk in the private sector and community sector can make use of the findings. Absolutely. And thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to share the findings. I've been talking with Francis Crimmins, CEO of the YWCA Canberra. You're on Community Radio 2XXFM. To find out more about getting involved, head to our website, 2XXFM.org.au. Yes, you're with me, Heather Murray, on Subject ACT 2XXFM. Now, let me introduce you to Joan Anderson, a Canberra woman who really gets things done by offering hope to women coming out of custody. Last year, Joan founded the social enterprise Women Get It Done, and she was also awarded the Lifeline Canberra Woman of Spirit Award 2019. This award recognises women who have faced adversity and have found within themselves the strength not just to persevere, but to give others a helping hand. Joan's with me in the studio to talk about her enterprise, her approach, and how other women can get things done if they're given the right chance. Welcome, Joan. Thank you. First, congratulations on your Lifeline Woman of Spirit Award. It's always great to have your work acknowledged in such a way. It is, yes. Now, Joan, Women Get It Done provides landscaping, gardening and home improvement services, but it's so much more than this. Perhaps you could start by telling us about Women Get It Done, who it's for and what it aims to do. Yes, all right. So Women Get It Done was started, I guess, with the main purpose of creating employment for women with strong barriers to employment. So women coming out of drug and alcohol recovery, mental health recovery and coming out of incarceration. So, I, you know, putting it together, I was thinking, you know, people who haven't worked in a long time, women who need an environment where they can talk, um, be comfortable with each other and also be able to do the work and learn quite quickly and have that on the job training. So I thought cleaning, gardening, rubbish removals is something we can all do. And um, so, yeah, it was started for the purpose of creating employment um, and also providing support to women who were going to be employed to maintain that employment. Um, That was the original goal, but since then it's morphed into quite a lot more. So the support service, well, the support we offer has extended to women and men who aren't necessarily employed with us, but who contact us for support because of being unable to access that support through mainstream services. Okay, well, I'm interested in where the seed for Women Get It Done came from. Can you tell us something about what motivated you to start this enterprise? Yeah. Um, okay. So my own personal story and I guess my partner's story is um, quite, we have a, an interesting and colourful background. Um, we've both done time in custody for drug-related offences. We've both experienced substance dependence over a, a long period of time. We've both experienced, well, I've experienced extreme domestic violence over about a five-year period, which um, saw me go into refuge and spend three and a half years in refuge with my young kids. My youngest one was born in a refuge. So we were in refuge in three states uh, before I moved to the ACT. And then the challenges we had, not just escaping the family violence, but navigating the domestic violence refuge system and finding ourselves, you know, being housed at the end of it with huge challenges to getting those houses set up. So having experienced all of that and also experiencing a significant mental health crisis myself um, here in the ACT, yeah, following all that adversity, I just, my brain pretty much broke and um, wasn't able to cope with normal everyday things. So 
coming out of all of that with a lot of support myself um, through different services in the community and through a lot of determination on my behalf, I'm very well aware of the challenges people face and the lack of services to support them. So um, I decided to start this based on my own experience, knowing what women need. And I did a lot of research around other women's experience as well. Um, spoke to a lot of women in the refuges, in drug and alcohol recovery, in the ACT, women who've come out of custody, all that sort of thing. So I've had long conversations with all of them and said, you know, what are your biggest challenges? How, you know, what do you see as barriers to moving forward to independence and beyond this life? And for a lot of them, they don't even, they haven't even considered the possibility of a different life mm. um, because they've lost hope, they've lost the belief that they can or that they're, you know, either that or they've never had exposure to a different life. And for a lot of these women, they come from background where their parents were in custody, their parents were substance dependent, they were in and out of state care, all that sort of thing. So, you know, the challenges that they're dealing with, I have exposure to myself. I was in state care. I, you know, briefly when I was a child coming out of um, the religious cult my parents were in. So all of those things, I guess my life, my life has led me to have a huge amount of empathy and compassion for people who experience the same thing and try and create something that will it was to try and create something that didn't have boxes mm-hmm. that was specific to women's personal needs rather yeah. than, you know, a blanket approach. Yeah. Um, and it seems to have really had a huge impact on the women themselves because it's not even just, I guess, the dignity of going into a place and saying, look, these are my challenges. So being able, being asked the question, you know, what do you need and how can we support you in the best way that you need? That in itself is a huge gift, gift to them. Yes, yeah, really important, isn't it? Mm. Women Get It Done's got a very broad brief then. <laughs> One thing in common across all of the uh, women's experience that you come in contact with and that you work with might be the sting of stigma and prejudice. You inspire others to see past prejudice and turn stigma on its head. How do you do this and what are your best tips? I think for me the, the goal was to put my story out there and say I've come from all this adversity, I've, you know, I've been in jail for drug and alcohol issues of come through recovery and, and if I can do that and contribute to the community in a positive way what's to say other people can't if given mm. the opportunity and support to do so and one of the things that I find is that so many people who've come out of custody or come out of drug and alcohol recovery they they want that change they don't know how to get there but they also feel that they're not welcome they feel that they're not accepted in the community that they're going to be judged that people won't want to employ them there's this idea that we're untrustworthy that we're going to steal from them that we're dangerous how do you challenge that um we try and get the message out there as much as we can start the conversation um with as many people as we can not only on the one side of it with the people we're supporting and say there you know show them like there's a huge amount of support for what we do in the community the people in the community want to support they don't necessarily know how they don't necessarily know where to go to do it but the support is there challenging stigma in the community is really difficult um, there's a lot of people who are very open-minded. I think everyone in the community has had someone in their life who's had drug and alcohol, mental health, incarceration, and on that basis they might be biased towards one or the other in supporting that. But there are so many people in the community who really do want, you know, they have the, they understand that a, a safer community means rehabilitation for everyone mm-hmm. and they want to support that. And I think it's getting those people to speak out in the community as well to challenge the stigma amongst their friends and you know people that they know in the community and talk about just talk about it we want to be members of the community we want to have a positive impact yeah so i guess it's um basically someone's past doesn't define their future absolutely and that's that's something that we believe very strongly we have one woman working with us at the moment she's been with us for 12 months and you know she had children very young she 
had an opportunity to work. She experienced extreme domestic violence over a long period of time. She ended up having substance abuse issues and then being in custody. Coming out of all of that, she, when she first came to us, she was beaten down. She had no hope. And now she's, after 12 months, she goes to jobs on her own. She sees customers. She chats with them. She's got huge amounts of confidence. She dresses in suits when she's not at work. Yeah. She goes to, you know, child protection meetings with her head held high and confident and She's gotten care of her children back. Um, she's been able to completely transform her life just because she's had that intense support and because she had the motivation. Yeah. And I think that's her past does not define her future. She has so much opportunity ahead of her. But if you just looked at her past, you'd say, you know, well, we all know where that story is going to end. Mm. But someone stepping in and saying, well, we may know where that story is going to end, but let's stop that from happening. Let's mm. do something to mm. prevent the story from ending that way. That's what all of us need. Any opportunity in the community to support people to move forward in their life and to not reoffend, to not go back yep. to jail, to not return to substance dependence. People want to get behind that. Joan, I guess many women coming out of custody may not have worked in a while. How do you help women readjust or acclimatise, if you will, to the workforce? For a lot of people, they haven't been in employment for a long time or ever. And so a work environment is unfamiliar to them. Mm. Also, the idea that you work and get paid. Some of the women, they get their first paycheck and they cry. You know, they're like, oh, my God, someone's paying me for work. And yeah. there's so many aspects of employment that are unfamiliar mm -hmm. to a lot of people who work with us. And it's not just the actual hands-on training for the work. It's the experience across the board. Mm. Um, because we think that dignity and um, a personalized approach makes a massive difference to how a person feels. Yeah, so offering the seed of hope can yes. really change people's lives in a big way. The Absolutely. smallest thing can change someone's yeah. life in a significant way. Absolutely. What's the best way for people to contact you? So we well, we have the website, which is www.womengetitdone.com.au. We have a phone number on there and an email address. And you can also put an inquiry through the website. And volunteers are very welcome because my partner and I are the only drivers at the moment. So we have to go on every single job, which means that takes away time. We can set up the service another side of it. If we had volunteer drivers to drive people to jobs, things like that would make a massive difference. So they can contact us through the website. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably the easiest way to get a hold of us is through the Contact Us page. Contact Us page is probably the easiest page. Then I can call you back or yeah. um, email you when you know, when it's um, a good time for you. Okay. Thanks, Joan, for coming in to talk with us today at Subject ACT and best of luck with Women Get It Done. Thank you so much and thank you for the opportunity to talk about it. I've been talking with Joan Anderson, founder of Women Get It Done. And that interview brings us to the close of the show. If anything we've discussed here tonight has raised issues for you, you can contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 or 1800 RESPECT, that's 1800 737 732. I'm Heather Murray and it was great having your company tonight. If you missed any part of the program or you'd like to hear it again, you can catch us on SoundCloud, just search Subject ACT, or you can listen back by going to the 2XX program guide. In the meantime, stay tuned for The Serbian Show, followed by the Spanish program at 730 